MSW Media. News was wearing Daily Beans, Daily Beans, Daily Beans, Daily Beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, August 18th, 2020. Today, House Democrats call Louis DeJoy to testify August 24th instead of the original date of September 17th, and DeJoy has agreed to voluntarily appear. Malaysia detects a new strain of COVID-19 that is 10 times more infectious. U.S. intelligence says Iran is also paying bounties on U.S. troops. Alexander Lukashenko, the dictatorial leader of Belarus, faces calls to resign. Senator Ron Wyden accuses the FBI of prioritizing Trump-sought investigations. Trump finalizes a plan to open Arctic refuge to drilling. Uh, The Democratic National Convention starts tonight, and the Second Circuit won't rehear Trump's case against emoluments, teeing it up for a Trump appeal to the Supreme Court. I'm your host, A.G., and with me today is Jordan Coburn. Hi. Hey, Jordan, how are you? I am so good. I'm excited to be here for two whole blocks. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Uh, I was like, we need to do the headlines together now that we're getting the hang of this remote thing. Hell yeah. Um, and I was just getting too angry doing the A block by myself. That's how I got. That's why I got put on with you in the first place. <laughs> when you're alone, it just spirals so quickly. I know. You're like, fuck it. And so... I was like, all right, you know what? It's time to bring back the news with swearing and laughies. Um, And I mean, it is all uh, terrible, treacherous uh, and horrible, but we got to get through it together. I think that is the whole point Mm -hmm. uh, of the show. Yeah. You know, I was watching John Oliver the other day and just kind of thinking about like the kinds of dark jokes or just even light jokes that they make about dark things as a writing staff. And that's like, that's such a skill, but it's so, it's so necessary. And I feel like, uh, you know, I, I shy away from making jokes about really dark things because sometimes they're just, they seem too dark to make jokes about, but it was, it was inspirational Mm. to watch him and think about how important, um, you know, trying to add some sort of like, I don't know, lightness. I don't know, whatever. Anyway, we're going to do it. We're going to force ourselves to make this not just a fucking doomsday show. (laughs) <laughs> we can do it. And there is a lot of uh, doomsday news today. So thanks for listening. Also, thanks to our patrons for their support as well. We can do this without you. We have a big show, including interview with former federal prosecutor Glenn Kirshner about what legal trouble the postmaster general Louis DeJoy could actually face and when he would face it. And then, of course, we have the headlines from under the radar and the good news block. We do have a lot to get to. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, lead story today. U.S. intelligence agencies have assessed that Iran offered bounties to Taliban fighters for targeting American and coalition troops in Afghanistan, uh, identifying payments linked to at least six attacks carried out by the militant group just last year alone, including a suicide bombing at the U.S. air base in December. That is according uh, to what CNN is reporting. Quote unquote, bounties were paid by a foreign government. Not sure why bounties is in quotes. CNN, that's what they are. Mm. Uh, I, anyway, um, identified to CNN as Iranian uh, to the Haqqani Network, a terrorist group that is led by the second highest ranking leader of the Taliban for their attack on Bagram Air Base on December 11th. We all remember that attack. It killed two civilians and injured more than 70, mm-hmm. um, including four U.S. personnel. And this is according to a Pentagon briefing documented 
uh, excuse me, a Pentagon briefing document that was reviewed by CNN. The name of the foreign government that made these payments remains classified. I know who it is, I bet. Uh, But two sources familiar with the intelligence confirmed that it refers to Iran. Cool. Now. Uh, there's this revelation that Iran might have paid the Taliban follows the controversy over Russian bounties for attacks on American troops. This is an issue that has been consistently downplayed by the Trump administration in recent weeks. And if Iran was working with Russia, it's really going to be interesting to try to watch Trump on the fence here because he hates Iran, but mostly because of the nuclear deal that Obama put together. And but he's not allowed. I don't think he's going to I don't think Putin's going to allow him to publicly denounce this unless it's something that they set up for him to target so that they can keep the pressure off Russia. We'll see what happens. But Russia has denied that allegation of Russian bounties. And, and you know, Trump's like, well, they said no. Sure. Um, and this lack of public uh, con- uh, condemnation of Iran or the Taliban and the decision not to pursue diplomatic or military response highlights the administration's apparent desire to protect these peace talks with the Taliban, uh, which culminated in an agreement that was signed in February at all costs. Uh, with the goal of helping Trump fulfill his long-stated campaign promise of removing American troops from Afghanistan. So that's what's going on with that. We will keep you posted on it. Uh, I'm interested to see if Trump comes out publicly against Iran and and if we can find any behind-the-scenes documents or meetings or discussions. Probably not uh, before the election, anyway. He definitely, like, fake hates Russia and real hates Iran. So he's going to get have to get that, like sorted out in his messaging like you were saying because he likes to talk about how he's so hard on russia or whatever but like obviously we all know the subtext of what's going on he's like a total fucking putin cuck and that's the Mm. most satisfying thing to say (laughs) a putin cuck (laughs) it sounds like a like some sort of canadian insult a putin cuck yeah um but (laughs) he (laughs) but uh but but yeah but like I mean, yeah, we all know that he doesn't actually feel that way. And then it's just a completely fucked up little love-hate triangle that he has going on there with with Iran and Russia. And sorry, my dog is drinking water in the background. A reminder for all of you, (laughs) go drink some water. It's a good thing to do. Mm. We don't drink enough water. Stay hydrated. Take it from Coco. Stay hydrated. Yes. Um, I turned off the air conditioning unit for five seconds and she's like, water. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, I mean, that's such a ma- massive, massive story. Mm, yeah. And it will continue to be, and it will, I think the bigger story is, I mean, not necessarily a bigger story, but th- he's not doing anything about it. Right. There's nothing being done. And that's, uh, now I could see, um, you know, maybe Congress getting together to pass sanctions against Iran, but you can't do that and not do it to Russia too. It's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. The response he might just keep his he might just keep his trap clapped until mm-hmm. after the election. You know, yeah, dude, he has got a couple months of a lot of fucking problems for himself, <laughs> just foreign and domestic, all created by uh, his own person. So I feel no sympathy mm-hmm. for him. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be so fun watching him squirm, assuming. His squirming doesn't also, like, hit other people like ourselves in the face constantly. Like one of those terrifying mm. pool noodle game things. What are those things called? You turn them on with the hose and they all just go fucking crazy. <laughs> They're all, like, smacking people. Like Do you know what I'm talking about? like a wet willy or something? <laughs> yeah. It's a, I think it's called a wet willy. Yeah. Um, and it's like, hey, it's like this big yellow. almost looks like SpongeBob SquarePants, but Medusa with snake hose head. And, yes. And, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We're all just going to sit around at at some sad 
lawn party, watching Trump wet Willie his way through the next three months and then to hope that it doesn't fucking hit all of us too hard. Ah, man, he's in trouble. Uh, and he's going to be gone. I'm confident in that. Knock on wood, though. <laughs> uh, okay, so my uh, my story's coming out of Belarus. We've been reporting on that. You've all seen the stories going on. Today, thousands of factory workers took to the streets of the capital, and they were demonstrating against Lukashenko, who was refusing to step down despite increased calls for him to do so. Uh, it's been nine days of protest now against the, quote, uh, official, end quote, results of that election that happened August 9th. The ones that gave him eighty percent of the vote. Okay. <laughs> yep. She Coco. has. She's. She's protesting too. Yeah, she is. She's a. Uh, she's such a classic dog. Anytime the mailman comes, she has to bark. I'm like, could you be less cliche, Coco? This is a house of artistry. I need less cliche barks. All right. Um. <laughs> anyways. Uh, good girl, Coco. All right, you go, Glenn Coco. <laughs> Again, only reason I named her that. So, mm-hmm. so he he tried to show up and denounce these protesters. He flew by helicopter to a factory in the capital and tried to start up his own rally of support. But he just wound up getting heckled by all of the workers. They were chanting "Go away." Um, he mm. he said some scary and predictable things he said i will never cave into pressure some of you might have got the impression that the government no longer exists that it has tumbled down the government will never collapse you know me well he's described as europe's last dictator uh by many and i think you know What's particularly scary about him having that label is how much the shit that Trump is saying mirrors what he's saying. And we've talked about that before, but it's like, as this story develops and it continues, I really, really hope that the Belarusian people have a victory because it's, I mean, everybody is invested in their justice right now, globally. It it is like a total, um, you know experiment uh, experiment in democracy and whether or not they're going to be able to maintain their sovereign sovereignty as people and i really really hope that they're able to pull it out and putin doesn't come to his aid in a way that results in lives lost or or just this massive chaos that i think unfortunately it has the potential to blow up into right now yeah and you're right the things that trump is doing over here are are the way that they mirror what um, what Lukashenko does, it, it is it is frightening. And, you know, we look at the videos of their protests and I don't see much of a difference between our protests in, in Portland and D.C. And, uh, you know, now learning that the people who ordered those, you know, federal troops and Border Patrol agents to go in and cause that chaos and, mm-hmm. and, and stir up that violence against peaceful protesters are illegitimate in their jobs. So mm-hmm. it's it's just it's just there's the parallels are frightening. And now. Uh, on to our next story, Postmaster General uh, Louis DeJoy. Louis, Louis, anyway, DeJoy. He has agreed to appear before the U.S. House Oversight Committee hearing next week as lawmakers on both sides of the aisle have voiced concern over the direction of the U.S. Postal Service. Now, DeJoy, who is a Trump ally, major donor, major RNC donor, major Trump donor, he took over the Postal Service in May at, with zero experience in anything postal-related, Uh, But he took over in May, and now pressure has grown throughout the summer for him to answer questions about his plans to implement an organizational organizational realignment at the agency. And uh, House Oversight 
uh, chair, Carolyn Maloney, has said the American people want their mail, medicines, and mail-in ballots delivered in a timely way, and they certainly do not want drastic changes in the delays in the midst of a global pandemic months before an election. Uh, yeah, uh, seems obvious, right? And the agency has long long been in financial trouble, right? They've lost $9 billion last year. But here's the thing. The post office is a government service. It's not supposed to be a profit-generating fucking enterprise. It is money, a, a cost to the people to, to, to provide a service that is carved out in the Constitution itself and was, you know, uh, um, put to, you know, the post office was created before the Constitution was even written. And and so it's it's like uh, anyone who's like, oh, well, it's not turning a profit. Well, that's because, you know, in the they, there was a, a bill that made them have to fund 75, per, you know, years worth of pension, which right. costs a shitload up, of money up, to up do. Front. Uh-huh, up front. Um, but now, you know, it. it you know, if, if you ever hit, have any of your Trump family members or MAGA family members or friends or people on social media argue that it doesn't turn a profit, tell, say, hey, neither does the military. You know, this is a government service. It is supposed to cost money. Uh, that is what it that's what it does. Mm-hmm. Um, so now House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is calling the House back into session this week to pass a bill aimed at halting any changes within the Postal Service that would affect the level of service this fall. So the bill isn't just about funding. Uh, it, it's also about what you can't spend this money on because you don't want to hand a pile of money over to this asshole who would just mm-hmm. light it on fire and piss on the ashes. And uh, the oversight hearing, which was originally planned for September, like I said, was moved up to next week. It's scheduled for 10 a.m. Eastern, August 24th, Monday. And the chair of the U.S. Postal Service Board of Governors, Robert Duncan, is set to testify as well. The board oversees the Postal Service and was responsible for hiring DeJoy, a former private sector logistics CEO. And Swalwell, Friday, uh, suggested in a tweet that officials create a presidential crimes commission after Trump leaves office to investigate his actions while serving as commander in chief. And I am for this 100 percent. And he says uh, he tweeted, I don't say this lightly. When we escape this Trump hell, America needs a presidential crimes commission. It should be made up of independent prosecutors who look at those who enabled a corrupt president. Example one, sabotaging the mail to win an election. Hashtag save the post office. And, you know, obviously this is his tweet comes amid all this post office stuff. But we've been calling for a presidential crimes commission going back to obstruction of justice in the Mueller investigation and, and cheating on the 2016 election. But, hey, you know what? Whatever domino makes the whole thing fall. Um, as people worry about the health risks posed by voting in person, switching to mail-in voting and initiatives by states to make it widespread. But Trump has cast doubt on the security of vote by mail. He's doing it today again, and he's alleged without evidence that it will lead to fraud, and it won't. Um, and in fact, one of his tweets was uh, blocked today for election disinformation uh, about the mail uh, drop-off boxes. And then also he retweeted some QAnon idiot with the stuff about the biden barisma stuff he retweeted Ugh. that guy i'm so sick and of hearing barisma i thought i wouldn't have to hear it again <laughs> and that's russian disinformation so the, uh, twitter flagged that yeah. and removed it as well yep well um closing out this block of of news can't say it's the good news block yet like you teased in the beginning, Malaysia has found a new strain of the coronavirus. It's called D614G. That is apparently more infectious, or it's looking like it may be more infectious than COVID-19. Uh, the strain's been seen in a few different countries across Southeast Asia, uh, and it's um, just, I mean, hopefully it's not 
going to be like a massive problem. All the eyes are on it right now, though, because there is some evidence that suggests it might be more infectious. There's no official word coming out yet saying that it is, but it was detected from several samples of COVID-19 in the Philippines. Uh, they also had 45 cases in Malaysia that started apparently after somebody from India had returned before completing for their 14-day quarantine. Philippines Health mm. Under- Undersecretary Maria Rosario uh, Ver- Vergier said on Monday that uh, the mutation is said to have a higher possibility of transmission or infectiousness, but we still don't have enough solid evidence to say that that will happen. Definitely. So, mm. just un- yeah, uncertainty accompanying that headline, which almost makes it more terrifying. <laughs> but yeah, and we obviously we'll, we'll keep following that story for you. Um, everybody, stick around. We're going to be right back. We have more headlines from Under the Radar. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. It's AG for The Daily Beans, and I want to thank our sponsor, CarShield, for supporting the podcast. These days, computer systems in cars are the new normal, from electronically controlled transmissions and touchscreen displays to dozens and dozens of sensors, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it can cost a fortune, and now is not the time for expensive repairs. Yeah, I just hate dealing with tech-related car stuff, and uh, car repairs, especially computer car repairs, can cost a fortune, and it can take forever, and like if one system goes down, it affects all the other systems, and that's why I have CarShield. And what I love most about their service is they have monthly plans that can be customized to fit your specific needs. Uh, The people at CarShield understand payment flexibility is a must right now, and they have an affordable protection plan that can save you thousands for covered repairs on computers, GPS, electronics, and more. There are no long-term contracts or commitments, and CarShield gives you options others won't. You get to choose your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work, and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also have complimentary 24-7 roadside assistance and rental car coverage when your car is being fixed. CarShield has helped over 1 million customers, so drive with confidence knowing you got coverage from America's number one auto protection company. For as low as $99 a month, you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands for covered repair. Call 800-CAR-6000 and mention code DAILYBEANS, or visit carshield.com and use code DAILYBEANS to save 10%. That's carshield.com, code DAILYBEANS. A deductible may apply. All right, everybody, welcome back. Welcome back, Jordan. Hello, hello. 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 So, um... Here's an interesting story from Andrew Desiderio, Politico. He's, uh, here's what he says. Quote, a top senator is accusing the FBI of keeping Democrats in the dark about the agency's disclosures to Republican-led Senate committees, revealing the FBI later made a mea culpa and pledged not to repeat the apparent violations of congressional oversight norms. Um, this was Senator Ron Wyden of Oregon, top Democrat on the Senate Finance Committee, and he sent a letter to Chris Ray, the director of the FBI, on Monday that the Bureau was improperly providing documents and other information to Republicans, sometimes without informing Democrats of their existence. He says, Ron Wyden, quote, I am deeply concerned by, uh, that by violating its own policies, the FBI is again succumbing to political pressure from Republicans to damage the Democratic national candidate. Uh, This letter was obtained by Politico, by the way, and he continues saying providing documents to committee majorities without disclosure to the minority is unacceptable. And he added providing access to documents for review by Republican staffers without notice to or inclusion of Democratic staff is also unacceptable. Now, Wyden's letter is the latest salvo in the ongoing partisan battle over Senate Republicans' investigations that are targeting top Obama administration officials, including the presumptive Democratic presidential nominee, um, Joe Biden. 
And uh, Wyden, Senator Wyden, listed several instances where he said he, he put he gave receipts where he, he says the FBI provided documents to the majority without informing Democrats or giving them access to the information. And he lists one example where the FBI allowed Republican aides to view sensitive documents related to an FBI briefing Trump received shortly before assuming office. But Democrats were not informed of or provided an opportunity to participate in that review. And a similar practice was followed for documents related to the defensive briefings provided to the Trump campaign and presidential transition staff. So that's sort of what's going on. And, and you know, we have very specific rules uh, in the Senate and House Oversight Committees about, not oversight, but all the committees about if you're requesting documents, you need to at least inform the other, you know, the other party. Um, mm-hmm. And they're not doing that. And I'm sure... That the Ron Johnson shit is coming up, too, because, you know, all this information handed over to them from the Department of Justice or the FBI uh, or the FBI just unilaterally like unveiling uh, sources and methods like they did um, with one of these last 302s that that, re- that they turned over to Congress. And they're not telling Democrats about it. and They're not giving them a chance to review it. And they're oftentimes not including them in their briefings. So that's what Wyden wants to stop. <sighs> it continues. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy that the person at the head of the FBI right now is is someone that's, like, not just a complete Trump ally, you know, like many of the other high positions that are all around him, but even still, I mean, he said it very well, just succumbing to Republican pressure, it's like... Oh, God, it's such a fucking horrible atmosphere right there for justice. It is so impossible. And, oh, deep breath. It's going to be okay. It's going to get better. It's going to be okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but you're right, though. FBI Director Ray seems a little more independent than some of the other sycophantic directors and acting Absolutely. directors and acting secretaries that, that he has. And same with CIA, Gina Haspel. Um, although I disagree with her views on stellar wind and, and you know, right. torture. Um, but, but, you know, Christopher Ray has publicly come, you know, opposed the president in, in, in something. So hopefully there's a little ray of light in there. Yeah, definitely. No pun intended. (laughs) Ray of light. (laughs) Chris Ray, get it? You just punned yourself. You didn't even know. Unless it was intentional and it was executed seamlessly. AJ. Um, yeah, I, God, I mean, it's like, you just think about, like what that work environment is like too because regardless of whether or not they do sympathize with the president more than they may let on you know because as a fucking director of an fbi you're not supposed to make it apparent at all what your views are so i don't know for all we know we don't know what his like super personal feelings are but just ask someone that's trying to run an agency in that environment there's certain political moves and concessions you have to make to be able to con continue you know your work sometimes because that's unfortunately just how dirty politics works and just the fact that like there's all of these agencies that do find themselves in a position where they have to continue to succumb to republicans and their ridiculous you know requests antics fights like everything it's just it just is such a fucking bummer and i can't wait till after uh november or january depending on when you start your celebration um what do we call it? Naked spree? Depending on when you start your naked spree. <laughs> your, uh, <laughs> yeah, my naked spree. <laughs> yes. It's All right. Naked so, time. Yes. Uh, continuing on with Trump being a piece of shit. So his administration, they are now moving forward with plans that they have been saying they're going to move forward on with a uh, for a long time in regards to drilling in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. 
this is a battle that has been going on for a, a long, long time, years and years, and people, indigenous populations, uh, and wildlife conservationists alike have been fighting just very, very, very hard to preserve this area, and they are going to move forward with starting to lease that area to drill for oil and gas. And those uh, leases could be executed as early as the end of 2020. This is according to Interior Department Secretary David Bernhardt. And this was formally announced uh, on Monday, this leasing program. And this is just incredibly controversial. I mean, controversial is, you know, that's to say the least. It is so sad. Uh, it is such a beautiful area. It's home to just very, very integral parts of ecosystems there, scientists, you know, activists alike, everybody's just coming together lamenting how, how awful and sad this is. It's, of course, backed by Republicans, opposed by environmental groups. Uh, they, they, I just watched, before we jumped on, I was watching on YouTube, Patagonia, actually, made a video uh, that I encourage everybody to watch. It's called The Refuge, Fighting for a Way of Life. It's, it's not too long, just definitely worth the, the quick watch. Uh, it's about the indigenous population there and the work that they've been doing and how sacred that land is to them. And, and to know that this the video was produced three years ago and three years later to know that their efforts, you know, are for now unsuccessful. I don't even want to call it unsuccessful. It's like not a metric of their success, just more a metric of the evils that they're up against. But it's... The, so the... Uh, Gina McCarthy, she's the NRDC president, she said, this is an egregious intrusion into the sacred lands of the Gwich'in and other indigenous people. It threatens the heart of the largest pristine wildland theft left in America. It is a theft. Theft of the largest pristine wildland left in America. The birthing grounds and nursery for the porcupine caribou herd and home to polar bears, musk oxen, migratory birds, and other precious wildlife. Uh, it's... The yeah, just, it's very sad. It's very sad. And they're going to sue uh, people. People, There will be lawsuits. There's dedications of, of, law, of relentless lawsuits until they win and come out on top. But for now, that leasing program was announced. Yeah, vote. Vote them out. We'll put everything yep. back and better. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, next up from Zoe Tillman at BuzzFeed, the Second Circuit will not rehear on Bonk one of the Emoluments Clause cases against Trump, meaning the three-judge panel ruling that the suit can continue, the emolument suit can continue with Crew, will stand. So, you know, Crew won this on the three-judge panel uh, that the, the, the Trump is suing to try to block the emolument suit from going forward. And Crew, the Citizens for Responsibility of Ethics in Washington, won. And then Trump asked to hear it, have it heard on Bonk. Uh, but the judges voted and said, no, fuck you, we don't want to hear it on Bonk. And so that kind of teased Trump up uh, if he wants to, um, uh, you know, send it up to SCOTUS, if he wants to petition SCOTUS, appeal to the Supreme Court. Uh, and so now, it, it, Zoe Tillman went on, it's a good time to revisit the Emoluments Clause cases against Trump. First is the one we just talked about, Crew v. Trump. Uh, and that the Second Circle pan- uh, Second Circuit panel ruled in September that the case could go forward against Trump. And per today's order, a majority of judges voted against revisiting the rule on Bonk, so Trump can either go back to fighting in the district court, partition or petition SCOTUS um, to stop the suit. 
The next is D.C. and Maryland v. Trump, and on Bonk Fourth Circuit revived this case in May, finding a three-judge panel was wrong to take Trump's appeal midway through the litigation. Trump's lawyer voted or has vowed to petition the Supreme Court, but that hasn't happened yet, and that, that decision came in May, so that's interesting. And then next, finally, is the Blumenthal v. Trump. That was a lawsuit filed by Dems in Congress. We talked about this one, too. The D.C. Circuit Court ruled that the Dems didn't have standing to sue, and they filed. the Dems did file cert with SCOTUS, and we'll learn in the fall if Supreme Court will hear that case. I do, I, I, if I remember correctly, we agreed that the Dems didn't really have standing uh, to sue in that particular emoluments case. But we'll see what their arguments are, and we'll see if the Supreme Court will take it up. And in summary, uh, Zaiwe says, no judge has ruled on the merits of whether Trump has violated the emoluments clauses, and it seems unlikely we'd get a ruling on the merits before the election. So that's what's going on with those cases. Thank you. I love crew. Yeah. God, I love crew. Mm-hmm. I know. One day I want to work for them. I know. Every time we bring them up, you say that, which means it will be so one day. If it is what your mm-hmm. heart really desires. Yeah, perfect. Manifest that shit, AG. Yes. Yeah. I see a crew constellation in your stars. I think... Mm, thank uh, you. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Um... Uh, <laughs> That is the widest form of encouragement I can give you is astrological hope. I uh, have a final story here. It's astrological. Is that the right way to refer to star shit? Like, not in the science way? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, cool. Mm-hmm. All right, sick. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, exciting news. The Well, exciting mm-hmm. for some. I guess uh, I'm looking forward to it. The Democratic National Convention kicks off today. And I am excited for it because I do believe uh, that there is going to be an unprecedented amount of unity between progressives and the selected candidate, I believe. Bernie Sanders is set to speak. Um, There's a huge list of speakers. It's happening today through the 20th. Uh, It kicks off today with a two-hour virtual event. Michelle Obama's going to speak. There's just going to be, like, a bunch of, you know, heavy hitters that are all going to be broadcasting from their remote locations because it's not happening in Milwaukee in person, obviously, like it was planned. Mm -hmm. Uh, And... Yeah, I, I, there's already YouTube live coverage that's, like, on the te- the, the television. So if anybody doesn't <laughs> know, I don't know how I was planning on saying that word. <laughs> but, <laughs> Sometimes you start a word and your, your best intentions, despite your best intentions, you end it differently than you started it. Yes. Already, dude, I turned my back for one second and Coco's destroyed another charging cable. God damn it, Coco. You're not charged with a fucking battery. You're a dog. Why? Because you left it there, Jordan. Yeah, I guess so. God damn it. She's going to freak... Oh, my God. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Puppy problems. Anyways, mm-hmm. DNC. I think, um, you know, every, everybody's really looking forward to Kamala's address, uh, what, what she's going to say. I mean, the, the DNC typically is like... You know, some massive, <laughs> insanely huge production. There's definitely some people, you know, lamenting the fact that it's not happening in person because there is a lot of, like, you know, conversations in public and in private that go on in terms of shifting, like, the policy that's going to be put forth and really fought for uh, from that, that ticket and that, you know, administration that will be elected. But I, mm-hmm. I yeah, I think uh, it's, it's, it'll be a nice hopeful thing to watch regardless of whether or not you're super stoked 
on on Biden I, at least you know I I'm just looking forward to moving forward and that's how I'm I'm viewing this tonight yeah and and I'm, I'm excited to see it too I've, I've seen a couple of excerpts from uh, Michelle Obama's speech it seems like uh, besides getting tough on Trump her message is going to be one of empathy that that Joe Biden is capable of empathy and, and has character and Trump has none and um, I think that that's a really that's probably going to be one of the big um, campaign messages and and it and it just takes me back to the moment when I had Mary Trump on and we were talking about that moment in the book where her dad, Fred Jr., was talking to her grandpa, Fred Sr., who's also Trump's dad, and, and, and said, I need help with drinking. I need help with my drinking. And instead of saying, how can I help? Fred Trump said, what do you want from me? And I said, that is what we're that is the election that that right there in the in a nutshell is what we face. The choice that we face on November 3rd is we've got Biden, who is a how can I help guy? And we've got Trump, who is a what do you want from me guy? And so I just keep going back to that. And I also am interested, like you are, to see if not having the convention in person for the first time ever, this this unconventional convention, they're calling it, is going to make a difference in what we normally call the convention bump. Because right now, in a poll of polls, if you uh, look at everything together, um, nationwide, Biden leads Trump 51-42. But usually after a convention, you get a a bump. You get a little bit of a a bump up. And then the Republicans have theirs and they get a little bit of a bump. And it'll be interesting to see. And and I think Trump chose today that he's actually going to accept, give his acceptance speech at the White House, which I still think is illegal. But um, in any case, uh, I'm looking forward to it as well. So thanks for that update. Yeah. And. It's also customary for the president, uh, the sitting president, or, or I should say the, uh, for, for normally someone in Trump's position would be staying quiet and going dark right now out of respect for the other side to be, to have their convention. That's just like a customary thing that I was reading. I never picked up on that personally, but apparently that's sort of just like a thing that people do, you know, out of respect to, to their people on the other side. And he's not doing that. He's doing the complete opposite. Just going to continue to try to overshadow it in any way he can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. It's he's got to make it about him. He he won't have the news cycle for a week, and when he doesn't have the news cycle for, fi- for the news cycle for five fucking minutes, he loses his mind. So it, he's going to be doing. He's going to be shouting, screaming, jumping up and down, talking about my pillow guy and his oleander <laughs> medicine and all sorts of weird shit. So we'll see what happens. But um, we're going to come right back. We're going to talk to. Uh, I'll be talking to Glenn Kirshner, former federal prosecutor, worked with Mueller. Uh, at, at the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office. And we're going to talk about what technical statutes DeJoy and maybe Trump could be breaking with their delay of the mail and their uh, sabotaging the post office. So stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and this Helping of Daily Beans is brought to you by our sponsor, Thrive Market. I recently became a Thrive Market member, and I can definitely recommend them to all of the listeners out there. Thrive Market delivers organic and sustainable groceries right to my door. I've gotten food, wine, supplements, beauty products, and even pet supplies. And lately, uh, I've really been getting into all their delicious, healthy snacks, like their sprouted popcorn, dried apricots, non-GMO avocado oil, and potato chips. I cannot imagine shopping any other way from such a variety uh, for such a variety of organic, sustainable, non-GMO, and fair trade goods from a company that cares about animal welfare and carbon impact. And once you try Thrive Market, you're going to love it as much as I do. Here's why. As a Thrive Market member, I get the products I love. My paid membership provides one uh, a free paid membership for someone in need. So they do a matching membership program like a low-income family, a teacher or a veteran or first responder. And Thrive Market tailors to over 70 different diets and values like paleo, keto, plant-based, etc. And they deliver the highest quality organic and sustainable essentials from groceries and snacks, meat, 
seafood, clean wines, non-toxic cleaning products, and bath and body stuff. And as a member, I'm saving 25 to 50% off traditional retail prices, and their carbon-neutral shipping is free on orders of over $49. And the savings I get on my favorite clean organic products are amazing, but I feel good about helping to support communities in need because in addition to the membership matching, Thrive Market has raised over $750,000 to date for their COVID-19 relief fund. So go to thrivemarket.com slash dailybeans. Join today. You'll get a free gift of your choosing. It's worth up to $22. That's thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E, market.com slash dailybeans to start your risk-free membership and get your free gift today. That's thrivemarket.com slash dailybeans. All right, everybody, welcome back. Joining me today for the interview is former federal prosecutor and host of the new podcast, Justice Matters, our friend Glenn Kirshner. Glenn, congrats on the podcast launch and thank you for speaking with me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. The podcast is a new venture and we're enjoying it. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how things go. Welcome to the podcasting family. I'm very excited for this, and I'm excited to listen to your show. Uh, And I wanted to have you on today to ask you, we'll talk about that a little bit in a little bit, but I I wanted to ask you about the couple of statutes that are being broken uh, by the Postmaster General, and if you think if there's any likelihood of him being indicted or prosecuted or removed or resigning prior to this election. I mean, I know that, uh, you know, they've they've stopped removing sorting machines and and uh and things like that but uh you know I'm 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 looking at the next 80 days so if you can maybe expand on that a little bit that'd be great yeah and i guess the first thing i would say is they've told us that they stopped removing sorting machines but then they <laughs> they tell us a lot of things don't they they do um and we've all you know watched in horror as they've been pulling mailboxes and putting locks on them um you know so I have no confidence that what they say they are doing or not doing is actually true. So the the answer to the big question, could Louis DeJoy be indicted between now and Election Day? I, I think it's a possibility. It may not be a likelihood, but, you know, we see that the states are beginning to step up and realize that they actually have an independent responsibility to the citizens of their states Mm-hmm. to you know help them vote in free and fair elections they don't have to stand idly by while donald trump and louis dejoy burn the post office down mm-hmm. figuratively speaking in a transparent attempt to interfere in the election so i have i've heard i've seen two criminal referrals now one in arizona by the secretary of state who made a criminal referral to the state attorney general in Arizona of both DeJoy and Trump and asked that, you know, the attorney general please look into the possible criminal violations of state law. And, you know, every state has its own laws on the books decided to protect the citizens' right to vote in their state. And, you know, when you look at what's on the books in Arizona and you look at what's on the books in New Jersey, which is the other jurisdiction where there's been a criminal referral thus far, you know, what you have to do is investigate promptly at light speed, I would suggest, like literally within a matter of weeks, whether what Trump and DeJoy are doing violates those state laws. Because in my view, they almost this their conduct almost certainly violates any number of state laws. So the other criminal referral that we've already seen is from a New Jersey congressman who made a criminal referral to the attorney general for the state of New Jersey. And he listed in his two-page letter 
um, the various state statutes that DeJoy and Trump are likely violating. So and then this morning, we've seen more attorney generals step up attorneys general. We saw the attorney general from Connecticut say that he has been meeting with, I think, a half a dozen other attorneys general. And so I think we are going to see some positive developments because the states are stepping up. I believe they're going to start flooding the courts, both civilly seeking injunctions to stop the joy from destroying the post office in advance of the election. And I am hoping you see criminal charges because there is no reason. Now, we know Bill Barr will not investigate Donald Trump or any of his you know, cabinet officials or, frankly, anybody in the executive branch, notwithstanding the fact that what they're doing violates federal law. When you look at the federal law, 18 U.S.C., 1703, Mm -hmm. for those of us scoring at home, (laughs) it's a crime to delay the delivery of the mail by somebody who is entrusted with the delivery of the mail. I I maintain there is probable cause uh, to open a grand jury investigation and probably seek a warrant right now based Mm -hmm. on everything we have seen publicly reported. I believe when Donald Trump says the quiet part out loud, (laughs) That I'm slowing the mail because I don't like this whole mail-in ballot thing that's going to enable more people to vote. For goodness sakes, you have a criminal conspiracy between Donald Trump and Louis DeJoy to violate 18 U.S.C. 1703, unlawfully delaying service of the mail. It's, you know, that's criminal law 101. Mm -hmm. Will Bill Barr investigate that? Of course not. Um, Should the states be investigating it and actually dropping arrest warrants on the heads of both DeJoy and Trump? I say, let's do it. If the evidence is there to support the criminal charges, let's do it. Yeah, because, I mean, there's a couple of different things going on here. First of all, if if Barr won't do it federally, the states can might do it. Uh, there's a non-zero chance we could see that happen, like you said. Uh, but then, of course, at, like you and I always talk about post-election, if Biden is elected mm-hmm. starting January 21st, 2020, uh, or even the 20th, why, why not start same day? Um, mm-hmm. These these carry a five-year statute of limitations, these crimes. Mm-hmm. A- and, uh, and so... There we have what I'm feeling like is if, you know, Trump is involved in this, which he clearly is. He's even admitted that he is. That is a pattern of criminal behavior to interfere in federal elections that could kind of lasso in all of his interference and obstruction in 2016 past that five year do you know how you know how well, like Manafort they were able to go back to tax shit from mm-hmm, mm-hmm. past the statute of limitations and rope it in because he didn't stop criming? I think you, that could apply here. And I told Donald Trump, not personally, but I said you have to stop criming by January first, twenty twenty, or you're, you know, it, or you're going to continue the clock on on um, the statute of limitations. And he did not. And now we're and now it's in the same kind of boathouse. And so I'm looking for that. And then, of course, between now and the election is is a different story. And I think, you know, we've got the House, we, we pressured the House to be called back to D.C. I think they're going to put together a clean funding bill for the USPS. Hopefully the Senate uh, is into it, too, and we can give, give a, a, a veto-proof majority. But then you're just funding, you're just giving money to a criminal to, to yeah. burn and piss on. So it's like, yeah. what, what, uh, 
it's like, what can we possibly do? So, I mean, you know, we're advising people to to walk your ballot in. Um, yep. But uh, in the meantime, though, I think, you know, he's he's uh, agreed to testify August 24th, um, which is much better than September 17th. Uh, and we'll see what he has to say. I really hope they put a prosecutor up there to ask questions, though, because you're going to want the answers to that when you federally criminally prosecute him after Trump is out of office. You're going to need that yeah. testimony. And I'm not worried about the statute of limitations so much. You know why? Because if Donald Trump did only one crime in 2015 or 2016, then I might be biting my nails, counting the days until the five-year statute of limitations expired. <laughs> the dude is, a, is a, a jamboree of criminal conduct. It continues to, what time is it today? So I am not worried because much as when I was prosecuting murderers and I knew they had three or four bodies to their credit, and unfortunately a lot of our killers are repeat offenders because mm. once you pull the trigger the first time, it becomes much easier in my experience working murder cases for 22 years for killers to pull the trigger the second time. Mm -hmm. And so we had people with three, four bodies to their credit. And as long as I could nail them with one or two solid murder cases, you know, you can and I don't want to sound harsh, but we were there to protect the community and you can only confine a man for but one lifetime. So we are going to have so many crimes to choose from with respect to Donald Trump beginning in January that I don't care if the statute of limitations has run on some of them. Mm -hmm. um, but but you're right. I mean, I don't know that DeJoy testifying. I don't know that dumping more de money, money into DeJoy's postal coffers really helps. What will help is if the states get on top of these people and seek temporary injunctions from the specific acts they are undertaking to interfere with the election. And if the evidence is there, issue arrest warrants. Let Bill Barr step in. Let him make a modified and probably bogus supremacy clause argument that the states can't touch the feds, even though the this, this supremacy clause is actually pretty narrow in its application. That will not stop Bill Barr. Yeah. Um, but I think the states need to mobilize right now because I think our federal approach to all of these crimes and atrocities by Trump and company, no matter what we do, it will fall short. It has fallen short and it will continue to fall short. So the states need to step up because they're the ones with the lion's share of the power under the 10th Amendment anyway. So let's use it. Mm, yeah. And and back to the congressional bill, if they do pass it, I'm sure they could include things that dictate how that money is spent and what must be done. But uh, I mean, that sort of goes beyond legislation. You know what I mean? That's not like mm -hmm. uh, it might just be for this particular funding package. You have to put the turn those machines back on like from trading places. Yeah. You have to uh, put the boxes back. You have to. Um, assure that uh, the ballots and mail are delivered on time. And it's and it, and while the election is hugely important, this isn't just about ballots. This is about our mail, our post office, our constitutionally protected post office service, postal service. And veterans aren't getting their medications. I'm one of them. Um, people are losing business. Small businesses are going under because they can't ship their wares and their goods to to their customers. It's it's. It's fright. It's there's so many unintended consequences here. And I but I you know what? I I have a feeling Trump told DeJoy, go ahead and break the law. I'll pardon you. I just have a feeling. Oh, he's going to be pardoning everybody. And and I don't know that this qualifies as irony, but Trump is probably hurting most some of the people who make up his base, like in rural America, mm -hmm. who really depend every day on the mail service. So, you know, it, it, it 
it's really not. And when Trump says, I'm all about the economy, well, guess what? When you destroy the post office, you destroy the economy. Mm -hmm. So don't tell me that this is all about the economy. This is about chaos because one, amidst chaos, Donald Trump and his criminal associates thrive because they get to grift and they get to steal and they get to skim off the top. Mm. And this, the chaos will allow Donald Trump on November 4th to begin flooding the courts with suits, claiming there was so much chaos that the election results are invalid. So chaos is the goal for all Trump action. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I agree with you. Um, we just got to, what, uh, what's the saying? Keep our heads on a swivel <laughs> and yeah. just, uh, yeah. just keep calling it out. And speaking of calling it out, uh, tell everybody about your new podcast, please, where they can find it and, uh, and, and what they can look forward to. Yeah. So the podcast is justice matters. And we have, uh, we put our first long form about an hour long podcast up a couple of days ago. We'll be posting one a week, we're also posting the audio from my daily YouTube videos, but so many people said, you know, we like the YouTube video, but I, you know, I run and I mow the lawn and I'm sitting at work and I need it to be audio only. So we've stripped out the audio from the YouTube videos and we're putting that on the podcast every day. So you'll get 10, 12 minute segments every day. And then once a week, an hour long deep dive into the legal Trump abuse du jour. Mm. Um, <laughs> so you can get it everywhere. You know, we went through one of the services that has that's put it on all of the different, you know, podcast platforms, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher or this one or that one. So, um, you know, anywhere, as they say, anywhere you get your podcasts. And then the other thing is we just started a Patreon page, which um, I hesitated before I finally um, took the dive. And if anybody wants to become a patron and wants to support our efforts and our content, you know, we would also, you know, welcome that. I put a lot of exclusive uh, stuff up on the Patreon page for the people who decide they want to really support the content. Well, that's wonderful. Congratulations uh, on the launch. Everybody check it out. Justice Matters. And like you said, you can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Glenn Kirshner, thanks for speaking with me today. Thank you. Appreciate it. Everybody stick around right after this quick break. We have the good news block. Don't want to miss it. Stay with us. Hey, everybody, it's AG. We all know how stressful and challenging practically everything is these days, but especially now, seeing a doctor should not be stressful. That's why I use Plush Care. Plush Care provides primary and urgent health care through virtual appointments. Scheduling is a breeze, even for the same day. It's really easy. You just pick a slot that works and book it online. It's the snap. So there's no time wasting on hold or sitting in crowded waiting rooms, which can be really dangerous. And with Plush Care and my, my Plush Care membership, I can see my doctor from the comfort of my own home in my onesies if I want. I can get diagnosed, treated, and have prescriptions sent to my local pharmacy if I need them, and all within minutes. And if I have any questions before or after my visit, I get to send unlimited messages to my care team anytime. Plus, Plush Care accepts most major insurance carriers and is available in all 50 states. And with how difficult things are right now, if you're feeling anxious, depressed, or stressed about what's going on and who isn't, Plush Care doctors are here to help by uh, discussing treatment options and providing prescriptions as needed. I can tell you personally, my Plush Care experience has been awesome. Signing up was easy. It only takes a minute. Very user-friendly website. Uh, and it's just as easy to schedule an appointment. The entire process has been convenient. I was amazed at how immediately comfortable and confident I was with my doctor because all Plush Care doctors have graduated from one of the top 50 
50 medical schools in the country and are highly rated by their patients. And that gives me peace of mind that I'm getting quality health care. And that's very accessible. And Plush Care makes it easy for me easy for me to get the excellent care I need when I need it. They can do the same for you. So start your membership today. Go to plushcare.com slash dailybeans to start your free 30-day trial. That's plushcare, P-L-U-S-H-C-A-R-E dot com slash dailybeans for a free 30-day trial. plushcare.com slash dailybeans. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we're blown on good news. It's on the way. And joining me today for the good news is Jordan Coburn. Hello. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. I'm trying to uh, calm my dog down with a lot of peanut butter, so hopefully we can make it through this segment. <laughs> <laughs> the peanut butter elixir of the gods. Exactly. Um, now, our first bit of good news. Uh, well, first of all, here's some good news, like off-topic related. Uh, Jam Master Jay's murderers, um, for you know, from Run DMC from 2002, have been caught and indicted. Damn. Jeez. I know. I know. So we'll all see. Right. We'll see how uh, if justice is served. Um, but this first go. Uh, now we're going to go to the listener. Uh, yes. It's hard to segue out of that. That's a weird. <laughs> and speaking of Jam Master J and Run DMC, uh, you know, I, I just can't. I don't have any segues. So here it is. Here's my segue. This now we're going to transition into the listener good news. And the first one is from Jenny. And I want to read it because it involves chickens. And I love chickens. Ooh. So from Jenny and pronouns she, her, Jenny B. I have good news. Becca the pod chicken. By the way, I love that. Becca. <laughs> Has started laying eggs. Ooh. Heather and Jesse are still freeloading twits, but that's a different post. Hell yeah. And so now she's got a picture of Becca and then freeloading twits. I absolutely <laughs> love this. Labeled. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah it's labeled too. Oh and we'll God. send that out. That's very exciting. And this is perfect because the next one is a puppy post. And so that's perfect for you. Yes. Congrats on your eggs, Fertile Bach. Very exciting. Mm. Yay. Bach. Uh, I uh, have a piece of good news coming from Len, pronouns he, him. Just now, my magnificent daughter texted me. She and her husband are on a two-hour drive back from Michigan to their Chicago suburb with the English lab puppy they have been waiting to bring home to their kids. His name is Cooper. I wish I could see the kids' faces when they get home. I wish I could see Jordan's face when she mm. sees this. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Look at that fat tongue! Oh my god! And his and his peats are huge. He's gonna be big boy. A magical like big. freaking polar bear fur. I can smell the puppy breath Aww, from here. So cute. That is adorable. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you for sending that in, Lynn. Yes. Uh, uh, and again, if you're a patron, we'll send these photos out in the newsletter. Mm -hmm. Get on it. Mm -hmm. Next up, from Lisa. Oh, you also get ad-free episodes and bonus content <laughs> yeah. and book clubs and research notes and newsletters and all that shit. But you get pod pet pictures, most importantly. Most Precisely. Importantly. Um, next up, from Lisa. Pronouns she, her. In my very rural, very red county, in a blue state, Trump flags and Confederate flags are plentiful. There's a house around the corner that was up for sale quite, for quite some time. They had a huge Confederate flag hanging from the porch. And I may have called the listing agent saying that I would be interested in the house but would never even step through the door to look at it as long as that flag was there. I, of course, was not interested in the house. <laughs> but I just figured I'd let her know. Anyway, very recently, 
the for sale sign came down, as did the Confederate flag. Moving trucks showed up. So I now have new neighbors, and they have hung a Black Lives Matter sign on the porch where the hateful flag used to be. I anonymously sent a fruit basket to welcome them. I love looking at this sign every time I go by. It's the only one I've seen anywhere near here. They have more courage than me. Um, I've suffered from vandalism for an Obama bumper sticker. But I'll head over to welcome them in person when the pandemic is over. Ah, yes. That's so nice. I feel like in a hostile mm. neighborhood, though, an anonymous fruit basket would be seen as suspicious. <laughs> They're like, anonymous? Oh, God. <laughs> what, what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, that's so, that's so sweet, though. That's so, so, so nice. Yeah, I do. You know, you know why I know people vandalize Obama shit and liberal shit? Because I used to vandalize Republican shit. When I was a kid, me and my mm. friends would go around her neighborhood and just like either steal and or draw like dicks on all of draw the Republican yeah. signs. Yeah. 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 It, it, for some reason, drawing a dick on a Republican sign is a thing. I, yeah. see, it, I see it all of the time. It really is. It, and when you're a kid, it just feels so right, you know? And then you get older and you're like, yeah, <laughs> I probably didn't need to do that. <laughs> that was a little shithead of me but, yeah i should have just called maybe don't be a fascist or something use use my my old white lady powers differently to mm. to different sword <laughs> um it's definitely a different sword <laughs> yeah the penis mightier for 400 alex <laughs> yeah that's uh yeah, that's very, very cool, though. And what beautiful symbolism that in the same place, mm. it can rebirth and regenerate into something that is uh, aligned with justice and beauty. I love that. Especially when one of these racist chants, the one we heard at Charlottesville, you will not replace us. <laughs> oh, yeah, we just fucking did. Yeah, Get quite fuck literally. Out. Oh, yes. Yeah. God, give me more of that. I love it. Um, <laughs> next up from Beaks, pronouns she, her. During the pandemic, I am helping, socially distance, of course, take care of my 97-year-old grandma, Oma, via my 74... <laughs> via my 74-year-old mother. Oma has long been very vibrant and active, campaigning for Democrats, working the polls, and reading everything she can Aww. find about her president, Barack Obama. But Oma is growing weaker and struggles to recognize her daughter, my mother, and we were very worried she was going to die before she could be together again with her five great-grandchildren, whom she adores and who worship her. Every year, my small family, 13 in all, gets together for a Maryland Blue Crab Fest, and it is the highlight for our family. We made every effort to get it done as safely as possible this year. We largely self-quarantined for two weeks prior to the event in late July. Friends donated tables and coolers and all that we didn't have. We rented a porta potty and set everything up outside. Even the word porta potty puts a giant grin on my face. I'm fucking five. The mm. kids, the kids wore masks around Oma, and she got to go home to her own safe house at night. It was lovely. Oma loved every minute of it. We're now more than three weeks out, and no one caught COVID, brought COVID, or spread COVID. It was a small thing, mm. but it might be the last thing our family um, gets to it does with our matriarch. And it was all we hoped and needed it to be. Ah, uh, wow, that's so sweet. Sending love to Oma. That's uh, my goddaughter has an Oma, German for grandma. Oh, cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. We love Oma. Good to know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds fucking yeah. just lovely too a maryland blue crab fest what like what a fun tradition i know and yeah and um yeah that's good on you for pulling all the stops you know and, and doing doing that because that's a hard thing to coordinate 
alone uh not in a pandemic so big big ups for getting that done safely and successfully because like you said nobody nobody seems to have gotten covid and that's fantastic your family deserves that yeah there's so many families wanting to see the patriarchs and matriarchs of their families right now but you know are trying to make sure that they do it in the most safe way possible mm-hmm. um so i'm i'm so happy that you got to, to do that and that the, the grandkids got to see her great-grandchildren and grandkids got to see her so wonderful um finally i think this is our last nope not finally uh penultimately from anonymous pronouns she her i know 2020 has not been a good year for me uh, but i achieved the only dream i had since i started school becoming a chartered accountant which is like a cpa in the u.s and i got a job after qualifying so when people say this is a bad year i can't quite say that for me personally i'm not from the u.s but i'm a fan of your show and i listen to you every day also listening to the good news section with ag and jordan is the best part thanks for all the work you do congratulations on your not american cpa your chartered accountant that's amazing Yes. Yes. Congratulations. Well and congratulations on becoming a part of your favorite segment. Woohoo. Yay. Uh thank you for contributing to that. This next <laughs> this next one that you're gonna read from, from Anna, I thought the first sentence was uh the first sentence is I work in IT, but I for some reason I thought it was I work on it. Like, wor- <laughs> like the clam? <laughs> uh, or no, like just it, whatever it is. You know how some people have it, but we don't know what it is? She works on it. Like That's how I saw it in my head, just so you know what's yeah. going on with my brain in quarantine. You would think, considering how many people are just looking for that person that just has it, you would think an it industry would have been established by now, but no such thing exists. People just have to have it. Ever elusive. Um... Love it. I work in IT. (laughs) My company has more than 9,000 employees at our headquarters. We've been working from home since March and doing a kick-ass job, by the way. But our corporate overlords... (laughs) I love that. Corporate overlords. It's such a great phrase. I wish people said that more. Uh, Decided we needed to come back to work in person this month anyway. They said they want us to have in-person meetings to preserve company culture. Okay. That's fucking ironic. I want you to come in together so you can preserve company culture. We may lose some lives in the process, but the culture will be there, and that's what matters. Uh, This is despite the fact that there's still community spread of COVID in our area, and our health department has an order that businesses should facilitate remote work as much as possible. Having 9,000 people working together in person is clearly unsafe. We employees banded together to try to get them to reverse the decision. Upper management ignored our feedback and even demoted middle managers who were too vocal in their opposition to the policy. God damn it, dude. The retaliation right now that's happening against people is pissing me off. Ah, okay. Good news. Dozens of people quit. It took a month of staff talking anonymously to reporters and pressuring local elected officials, but the public health department finally cracked down and forced them to change the policy. We can now work remotely through at least the end of the year. We probably prevented a major outbreak in our county. I'm so relieved and proud of my coworkers. Just goes to show what a dedicated group of people can do if they organize and persist. Yes. Yes. Well done. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Anna, and thank you to your coworkers. Yeah, and don't for one second think that y'all, with your persistence, didn't save lives. You did. So that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. And you are a hero for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right. Those are our good news submissions. Uh, Just want to bring in one last thing here. This is breaking news uh, from Wei Zhejiang on on the flight home with with the president, Trump, from Wisconsin. Uh, the president told us he plans to pardon someone very, very important tomorrow who is not Edward Snowden or Michael Flynn. So 
start guessing. Again, during the DNC. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Right, of course. What a piece of shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No argument here. Nope. Anyway, we'll see who it is, and we'll let you know tomorrow. And uh, until then, everyone, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health. I've been AG. I've been Jordan Coburn. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by A.G. and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by A.G., Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>